Welcome to Joyful Eating. I'm your host, Jules Clancy, a former food scientist and winemaker turned cookbook author and health coach. I've discovered a simple way to have a joyful relationship with food without sacrificing pleasure or my waistline, and I can help you get there too. Listen on to find out how. Hello, hello, and welcome to Joyful Eating episode 52. So today's topic is the topic of food fear, which I'm really excited to talk about. It's something that's been a big thing for me. But before we get to that, my best bite this week. So on the weekend, like this is a whole nother podcast episode story, but I've actually, like I used to hate peas, like just frozen peas. Like my mom used to force us to eat them. Like they were just this thing and it's taken me all this time, 49 and a half years, (laughs) but I actually love them now. It's so crazy. So my best bite, I can't believe I'm saying this, on the weekend, I I made a roast chicken and some uh, steamed broccoli from the garden. And then I made a pea like hummus. So instead of using chickpeas, using um, just a frosted frozen peas, pureed up with some garlic and lemon juice and tahini. And it was just the business, like really sweet, really beautiful, and just went really well with the chicken uh, and some olive oil. So that is it and recipe definitely coming soon. Okay, so plan for today is we're going to talk about food fear. So I thought I'd start with like my own story of my food fear wake up call. And then we'll talk about like how to actually, if you are someone that's having some fear around food, like how we can overcome that. And then we'll wrap it up with a key takeaway. So the story of my food fear wake up call. So it's actually interesting. If I look back at the beginning of, uh, this podcast that episode number two is no bad food. And that is one of the core like things that I teach when I coach people. And one of my core beliefs is that really there is no bad food. Like all food has some value. And you know, a lot of it isn't nutritional, but you know, there's nostalgia, there's connection, there's tradition, there's you know, celebration. Like there's so many things that go into food. And just because something isn't particularly nutritious doesn't mean that it doesn't have value. And the other reason why I think it's really important not to moralize food and get into this like trap of thinking about food as good and bad is that it just isn't a helpful mindset and a, a way to approach food because a number of reasons, but that like I think the most important one is that when you're seeing some food is bad, like cookies are bad or ice cream's bad, yeah, it tends to like have that reverse psychology effect where it actually drives the desire for these foods. So it's often the case, like for dieters, like and I noticed this in people who coach, like the things that they thought was like the most fattening, like the worst, the baddest foods, they tend to be the things that they binge on or are really drawn to because of this kind of like this mindset around them. And it just it doesn't feel good to be like being mean and calling food bad. Um so I much prefer to think of like there's no bad food. All have food has value. Of course there is some food that if you eat a lot of it all of the time, it's not going to lead to the healthiest outcomes, but that doesn't mean that there isn't a place for ice cream and cookies and chocolate in your life. So that's what I teach and it's, I firmly believe that with all my heart. But it was really interesting that late last year, a client put me onto a book. It's called The Fuck It Diet by Caroline Duna. And so I read that and there was a lot that I agree with in her book and I found it useful stuff. I think for me, like she swings the pendulum a bit too far in the other direction where it's just like, just eat whatever, don't pay any attention, just eat as much of everything. And I think that 
for some people maybe is the only solution, but I think for most of us having some boundaries around around some food can be helpful. Um, and particularly, you know, alcohol, like if you do that with alcohol, or like wine, it's just like, just drink whatever, like that's not going to end well. Um, but there was one bit where she was talking about like her own background of being really afraid of food and, you know, cause she was so worried about her health and so worried about weight. And, and she said, you know, there was a time where she was at a party and she'd taken guacamole with her avocados and lime and um, someone like a dipped there, like industrially processed, highly flavored, like, you know, crappy oil corn chip into her pristine guacamole. And she kind of freaked out and it just got me thinking like, yeah, like actually I still do do have some um, some fear around food or just, you know, crappy vegetable oils and things like lectins. And I was just like, you know, this isn't good to, to be thinking about those foods in that way. And I just didn't want to, it wasn't like it was this fear that was ruining my life by any stretch of the imagination. Like, but I just thought, you know, I didn't want to have that relationship with food in that way. So I decided that I was going to to change that. And so how I overcame this fear was basically it was a decision. It was like, I'm not going to think of food in that way anymore. Like, but by the same token, that does, does that mean I'm going out and eating buckets of corn chips fried in like vegetable oil? No. <laughs> um, however, you know, the thought process that I have behind it is, you know, it's not going to hurt me to have some of this stuff every now and again. And rather than thinking about, you know, being afraid of food, thinking about it from this perspective of, you know, our bodies are really resilient and we're actually like, we have systems designed to handle toxins. And it was interesting, I was talking to a friend of mine and she was talking about her father-in-law's like, you know, in his nineties. And I'm always fascinated by people that um, you know, are living long and he's still really active and everything. And she was like, yeah, it's amazing. Like, you know, he was a farmer and he bathed in, you know, chemicals all his life. And yet he, here he was. And you think about the old people who've drunk and smoked all their lives. And I was just thinking, yes, we are designed to be resilient. And I think if we, like, we're afraid of stuff, that makes it harder for our bodies to do their job and be resilient. Whereas if we're like, no, we trust our bodies to be resilient, then that's just a much nicer way to live. And I also I wouldn't be surprised if like that has some impact on our actual resilience. Um, of course, zero scientific evidence for that, but just, you know, a theory that I have. So, and it just, it just, it feels nicer to be like, you know, my body's resilient. It can handle some stuff. And so what I did was like, I decided to actually eat some things that I previously was afraid of. So this is burger joint in um, Canberra that the boys love. And so I actually had some of their chips fried in like their crazy yellow oil. And I've discovered a few things. First of all, nothing bad really happened to me. Like, you know, my weight didn't go crazy. Like, you know, a few chips didn't make a difference. I didn't feel really any different. I did discover like I'm really not a huge fan of chips. So like it wasn't something that I want to be eating on a regular basis just because potatoes don't really do it for me. Um, but it just felt good. Like it was just like, yeah, I'm not afraid of this. I can eat this. And actually they, um, the burger that I usually get is so like pulled pork and they've started putting onion rings on it. And previously I would have like no way touched the fried onion rings, but I actually had an onion ring and I quite enjoyed it. So I was like, you know, this is, it actually just felt so much more peaceful. So yeah. So actually, and another thing is like, I used to, I've been making yogurt for years and years and I used to, um, I knew that if I put some milk powder into the yogurt, it would be much thicker and more Greek style and much creamier and much nicer. But I had this like fear around it. Yeah, 
oxidized cholesterol in milk powders. And I was like, just thinking, fuck it, I guess. <laughs> like my body can handle a bit of oxidized cholesterol, surely. And I decided to start making my yogurt with putting milk powder in it as well. And it's so good. It's so creamy. It's so rich. It's so delicious. And I love it. And it kind of feels good as well. Cause I'm like, yeah, you know what? My body's resilient. I'm going to be ha- handling this oxidized cholesterol. So, so yeah, like that's kind of the two examples I've used. If you think that food fear is something that's on your agenda, like the best thing to do is just, just examine how being afraid is making you feel obviously not great. And just know that it's up to you to, to change your thoughts about it and to actually expose yourself to some of this food and just see what happens. Obviously, you know, if you're anaphylactic to peanuts, you don't, don't want to be starting to eat peanuts. But for most of us, the fears that we have around food and tofu was another one that I used to, you know, the whole soy thing, rah, rah, um, haven't seen any evidence that soy is actually harmful. And so I've started eating tofu and I really love it and it's really fun. So am I having tofu every day? No, but am I having it once every couple of weeks? Yeah. And, it, and it's just like, it's nice to have that thing, like mixing it up a bit. So yeah, if you want to overcome your fears, it's really just changing your thoughts and deciding that you're going to be resilient and just exposing yourself, like eating a bit of the food that you do fear and just seeing what happens and then just repeating as needed. So that brings us to our key takeaway today. So if you do want to stop being afraid, instead bring like joy to your relationship with food and peace and fun, then I invite you to join the Naturally Healthy Club. So it's my six-month group coaching program, which gives you a personalized, simple, doable process to change your relationship with food. So you actually enjoy eating well automatically and you feel good in your clothes. So we enroll twice a year and for detail, more details, go to Stone Soup and click on the coaching tab. So it's really fun and I'd love to welcome you in. And there's a link in the show notes if that makes it easier for you to find it. Okay, have a beautiful week, a delicious week, and I will catch you next week. Bye. Before you go, this is the best part. So if you enjoyed Joyful Eating, subscribe to the podcast and I'd love to send you a copy of my free cookbook called Six Ingredients, 20 Minutes, Simple Whole Foods for Joyful Weeknight Dinners. It's full of easy recipes, so delicious they'll satisfy even the biggest food snob. Just Google Stone Soup and you'll find it.